Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen, Life Coach Linda Armstrong, and Carlos Balasquide here on this Friday, November the 30th, 2018, last day of November. 4 p.m. New York time, 1 p.m. Los Angeles time, 9 p.m. London time, and 8 a.m. in Sydney, Australia. Good morning, Sydney, and uh, we hope you guys are having a great Friday or in the middle of a great Friday or starting a great day or wherever you are in your schedule. We hope you're, you're having a good time. And we're going to have a good time today because, uh, well, last week was was a super successful show, and the one before that was even more successful. Linda, i got to tell you, our, our show was so successful, we were getting reviews on from people saying that they were being helped because of what we did with the um, money and energy. Wow. Yeah. Pe- people were, I mean, including our co-host, Carlos is my co-host too from Tuesdays, Alex King said she was having positive experience from that. And in fact, Car- Carlos himself has been having some cool stuff this week. So, I mean, that was a that was an episode that really, really, really paid off. And I don't know if we're going to be able to top that one. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about, I tell you. (laughs) We were getting uh, people, I've been getting uh, text messages and and Facebook messages and emails from people saying that they were having success with it. So, I mean, that was like, that was one of the best episodes we've ever done because of all the ways that people are succeeding. It's a great thing. So, great. Yeah. So, how are you doing? Are you off to a good start, or actually a good end of the week, I should say? Good start to the weekend, maybe, I should say. Yep. Trying to stay warm here in New York, you know. Oh yeah, Walt. Oh yes, we're. we're... Oh, I'm jealous. <laughs> he's hanging out. Yeah, in the warm I, was Walt, I have a buddy in from New York right now, and he's he's happy to be here for sure. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, and Carlos has had one heck of a week too. I don't know if you want to tell anything about what's going on, but I, I can just tell from the smile on your face. Anybody can see that you're having a good week, right? Yeah, actually, I can't go into it. Uh, okay. You know, uh, out loud. On that's my, that's uh, fine. But, that's fine. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll just say that what it is is very, very exciting. I, I think I can safely say that. All right, cool. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. So anyway, we Thanks. are. Um, we're going to see if we're going to top that. I don't know if we can, but we're going to top that with uh, something that's well, it's right in Carlos's wheelhouse because it's about laughter. Yeah. It's about you know feeling good and having fun and uh, laughing your way to your dreams is the way we're titling it. And, and it, laughter certainly plays a major role in being a deliberate creator, I think. And I think oh, you do yeah. too, Linda, and Carlos does too, I think. Because it gets you into that high vibration, right? And if there's anybody who knows about vibration, it's Linda Armstrong, the energy coach, because yeah. vibration's it. <laughs> well, that's what it's all about. You know? It is. I mean, that's our true nature, right? And so luckily we have people like Carlos who can take us there mm-hmm. when we don't know if we can take ourselves there. Mm-hmm. Just through just through comedy, through laughter. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, Carlos, you you have uh, you have translate, translated and transferred your ability to make people laugh. We were talking about this actually one of the previous episodes where you described yourself as an extrovert who was always on. You figured, well, you might as well actually be on stage while you're doing it. So it, it's not like it's something right. that's, that's foreign to you. But th- this is a fairly big thing in your life, helping other people to feel good. Yeah, I mean, I think it's always been uh, kind of a responsibility that I feel almost, and not kind of in any kind of burdensome way, but just because I have this ability and I have these gifts, it's, it's you know, my my duty to share them, right? And I think that's <laughs> how we show that we're grateful. You know, that's how um, we say that we appreciate these gifts that have been given to us is by, you know, really trying to use them um, as much as possible. So mm-hmm. definitely, uh, definitely on track. Absolutely. And uh, we're, oh, go ahead. But yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, no. F- finish your thought. 
Oh no, I, I lost it. It's it's oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's all right. No, all I was going to say is we're also, uh, as usual, live streaming to the Law of Attraction Change My Life group, and we're going to invite anybody there who wants to share their favorite stuff about laughter and comedy and humor, um, because we're, we're finding more and more people are enjoying being a part of the podcast, which is really cool. Uh, we've been doing a number of uh, Q&As lately, for instance, and getting a lot of participation on that, so uh, we, we like the idea of, of of our listening audience joining in and, and especially now that people can listen to us during the live stream portion, it's really very cool. So um, if you're listening in, if you're listening, if you're listening to the podcast, obviously you really can't do that. But if you're listening live to the, the live stream, then, you know, by all means jump right in because uh, we want to hear your take on it as well. So let, let's go back to uh, basics here to get the whole thing started, Carlos. Um, laughter. What, what, I mean, when, when you're a comedian, you have to be thinking about laughter. You have to be thinking about um, what makes People laugh. What's funny? You have to kind of look at life a little bit different. How, how do you approach the whole thing? I mean, you're putting together a routine for yourself. What are you doing? Yeah, so I think um, it's it's when you try to be funny, it's it's very it's kind of one of those things. It's elusive, right? When you yeah. when you're like jokey, it kind of, kind of loses you. So um, there's there's a couple schools of thought, but for me, I like to keep it very personal. Um, I talk about my family a lot and. Um, stories about um, growing up and those things because that's what pe- people connect with, right? Like I- I've seen other comics, and again, there's, everybody has their style, but you know they like to talk about Trump a lot or politics, and I don't really want to go, you know, into that because it's kind of what we've already we're already seeing a lot of, you know, all over, mm-hmm. and it's not necessarily connecting. So somebody might laugh, you know. But they they won't remember the performance, right? They're not gonna remember you because it was kind of a topic and it kind of go, comes and goes. But when you can really talk about, you know, my family's this way, and and people relate to that because they you know they have their own family issues or uh, you know strives or funny things that that happen to them. So uh, really just try to keep it close to the heart and, and pretty personal, and it, and it works out pretty well that way. That that's really what most of the really top comedians, the ones, at least the ones I like, let's put it that way. But the famous comedians who I like, who, who have, I think their really own unique style. They're the ones who go, they draw directly from personal life. I mean, yeah, you're right. There are a lot of comedians who go to politics or, you know, entertainers or whatever, but the ones who just draw from everyday stuff are the ones who I think are the most enjoyable because like you said, we can all relate to it and that's really important. Right. Plus it also Um, makes it easier. I think it's just, I think it's important just to talk about things that um, that you find humorous. I think comedians just they we think about life differently in general. And so, like I said, this is before I started even writing routines. Is I'm seeing things happen in real time and commenting, and this is what I think. You know, this is my opinion of this, and people just started kind of laughing. And I said, oh, I, I like that. You know, I like that. You know, when I can make people laugh, and and you know, I, in school, you know, growing up. It was probably not my teacher's favorite thing, but uh, <laughs> it usually <you> know. isn't. <laughs> right, but but I was always a, I was always respectful, right? So there's a line. When I wouldn't be disrespectful, but I did have a problem, you know, just calling out. You know, if I if I, if I it's it's hard for me to kind of bite my tongue, you know, so to speak. So that you know really uh, I guess works for my benefit, you know, later in life and. Uh, has been uh, allowing me to to make people laugh for a long time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, when you made that comment well, about you know, the teachers not liking it, it made me think of something that Joel Elston, who's my Thursday morning co- co-host, posted about this week. He uh, he has a, a young boy who's about um, 11, 12 years old who he adopted a year ago. And apparently mm-hmm. uh, he got a phone call from the principal because his adopted son got in a little bit of trouble because he put some Vaseline on the handle of the door going into the classroom, and the <laughs> first person to touch it was the teacher of the classroom. So not exactly the best timing. <laughs> that, that's an example of how to uh, uh, not be so respectful and cross way over the line. <laughs> yeah, I think there was only one time where I uh, I did that, and it was, uh, I think it was maybe my freshman year of high school, I zip tied the teacher's um, bag to her chair, and then <laughs> oh. you know, the, the bell rang, and we all got up to leave. And uh, but in my defense, it was very, very, very funny. So kind of hard for me to. <laughs> well, it probably wasn't from her it. perspective. <laughs> Actually, she laughed. No, she. Did. Oh, she did. She oh, okay. Uh, right. I didn't necessarily control for that. It was a. Uh, you know, then that's the thing, though, right? It's like I, I, I showed respect to my teachers and was a nice person, and so they they knew that you know that's funny and it's not malicious, but it's like, hey, there's a time and a place kind of thing, and that's you know, mm-hmm. and it's funny to, to to kind of get into that real quick is comedians at the end of the day are just kids who never learn to uh, follow the rules, right? It's like you're not supposed to do that, or you're not supposed to talk, or you're not supposed to say that, or you know, but com- comedians, for the most part, again, I don't want to generalize here, but uh, we really, we don't play by, you know, the rules of of regular uh, society. And that, and that's something that kind of um, allows us to have that kind of unique perspective. So. Robin Williams, you know, when he was I, on. Oh, go ahead, Linda. Yeah, can I add to that? I like the way you bring that in about being a kid who, like, hasn't, you know, like, grown up or whatever. Because, I mean, we come here as this high vibration energy that knows that we can do everything and the world evolves around us. And it's from that energy. That's a very high vibration. So, mm-hmm. you know, comedians just let that be there where there are a lot of people are like squashing that and that, you know, kind of like holds them back. But I love mm-hmm. the way you talk about, at least I think you said your comedy is making fun of life stuff because mm-hmm. um, why not? I mean, to take all mm-hmm. that heavy energy off of, situations that a lot of people can relate to and just kind of look at it from another perspective is uh, very healing. You know, it really can have, you know, maybe someone going through something, be able to look at their thing from this other light side point of view and like, okay, you know what? I'm going to look at it his way (laughs) because there might be a solution in there in whatever that comic skit is that you came up with, even though, you think it's just something funny, but really, when it's in that high vibration, it could spark something. You don't even know it. You could be sparking solutions for people mm-hmm. because they'll come yeah. in when you're able to be in that high vibe. Yeah, it's funny, though. It's um, Comedy is a very, uh, very different place now than it was even five years ago just because of um, kind of what's going on politically in our country, and it just seems like... People, instead of that mindset, when they go to a comedy show, it's the, the crowds are a little bit more hostile where people are like looking, they come looking to be offended. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> you know, instead of that head, right, but because they are, they are heavy topics. And, and that's really what, la- uh, what laughter and, and what comedy is all about is taking those 
a taboo topics or taking something heavy and, and giving us some light and lighting it up. But um, there's just, yeah, it's just like this this kind of a shift in paradigm that's that's been happening. But I think that's temporary. I think that just kind of goes with the times that, you know, that we're going uh, through right now. So I liked what you said about how um, a comic will tend to think a little bit differently from everybody else about where the line is. I mean, it reminded me of something that Robin Williams once said in an interview on Inside the Actor's Studio, where he said, the line is here, and we're out here like, woohoo, all right, <laughs> jumping yeah. way past the line. Like, oh, no, line, what's a line? We'll just blur that one. <laughs> it's it's funny, too. I think that, um, speaking of that same concept, um, really, and I, and I can't say that necessarily I found my comedic voice yet, and I think that um, a lot of comics talk about this, and it takes years. Some people, some comics say, eight years, some people, some comics say five years, some say 10. And really what that is, is it's a fancy term for saying to let all your ego go. Mm. You know, and, and that's something that I, you know, have been focusing on even before really taking comedy seriously is just really stripping myself is just all these things that, you know, are I'm projecting out there or, you know, I want people to think of me in this specific way. You know, I have to let all that go and just kind of be myself. And and it's been talked about, yeah, especially comedians who kind of got through that. It's it's really a a journey and really finding. Uh, and and that's a pinnacle, right? It's like you get there and those people on stage feel so comfortable, and you you, you see them talking about crazy things, and you're like, oh my goodness, I can't believe he said that, right, or something like that. But they're just so comfortable in their skin because you know they know who they are. Um, and they're able to kind of portray that. And although, like, again, it's for me, it's a little different. It's like when I'm with, you know, people, maybe not on stage, but, you know, at a party, and I'm riffing, and I'm having a good time, and I'm making people laugh, like, that is my voice. But on stage, it is a little different. It's, it's, it's when everybody's sitting there looking at you and expecting, and then now it's like, oh, I wanted to say this, but then, well, what if... They take it wrong, or they, they, and you, there's not a lot of you can't have that in your brain. That kind of ruins the comedy. So it's it's a process to kind of get try to get that unfiltered view of the world to really come out unfiltered. To, to what extent do you think that is something that you, the comic, develops, and to what extent do you think it's developed by your audience and, and what they're reacting to? Um, no, I think it's 100 um, percent inside the comic because what I what you ultimately figure out is that comedians, um, it's almost an, an arrogance to them too. It's like, you know, if they go out there and they try something and they, and they bombs, like, you know, which means nobody laughs. Um, not a lot of times they'll be like, Oh, that was my fault. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. always, uh, but that's the attitude. It's almost like, uh, we talked about this in another podcast, um, with Alex uh, about negatives or what we, see as negatives really being positives and so some something like arrogance it's like that's that's always been a negative every time you hear oh that guy's an arrogant you know whatever that guy's arrogant that doesn't that's never said in a positive way but arrogance in this case um is what you need in order to make and to keep going because comedy is probably the only job that you um the first day you're on you know you're judged by Everybody, and you can't use that excuse that oh I'm new, you know, you know, oh at office jobs, oh I, you know, what do you do? Oh I'm new, oh okay, and it's kind of they give you the benefit of the doubt. It's like oh well you're not, you know, 
uh, you're not an imbecile. You're just new. Okay, that's that, that's fine. And but but in comedy, it's you can't practice. It's it, you know without the audience there. So even as a musician, you can you might you know perform in front of people, but you can learn. You can play that song all day mm-hmm. at home by yourself. You know, right. And and perfect it. And for comedy, it's all it's very unique in that. Only in a live environment can you even see if something is, you know, working. Mm-hmm. So there's right. a lot of failure in comedy, and and but there's a lot of learning too. So you kind of you you fail often, and it's a lot of learning how to fail, right? And so they, you know, comedian, uh, comedians talk about how long it takes them to to put an hour together. I've never put a full hour together for special, but um, for you know, say thirty minutes for me, that takes almost a year. You know. Lots of trying, trial and error, and writing and rewriting, and so kind of what you see with the more polished comedians is a lot of the after effect of all of that failing. So it's uh, yeah, comedy or being a comedian in and of itself, the process really is a great way of stripping down that that ego and and. Mm. Uh, yeah, those insecurities, I, I guess you can say. We should probably also take a moment to touch on the uh, the health side of comedy and humor and so forth. I mean, Jeffrey actually posted something that made me think about it. He said right before um, joining this uh, podcast, he said he was shared a post that says, one minute of anger weakens the immune system for five hours. One minute of laughter strengthens the immune system for 24 hours. Which, I'm not sure if the statistic is accurate, but it, it makes sense uh, because there's a lot of evidence to show that laughter does have healing effects. And to, lately, in my own family, that's been an important thing because we've been dealing with some stuff and laughter has helped us get through some really important things. So, right. um, I mean, comment on that. Either one of you, comment on that for a minute because I, I think that's a, an important piece of the whole puzzle. Well, I think um, also just making fun of the ego. I mean... Mm-hmm. What better way than to put it into check and let it be like in that little and bring out really more of the heart side of you, which is the lighter side, Mm -hmm. um, which can hold that higher vibration. Because as we all know, I think everybody knows who would be listening to this show, high vibration is how you're going to manifest what you want. Even what you don't even know you want, but what is for your highest good, because you're holding that high vibe and so the energy can flow. And so I would think that for comedians, I mean, I don't know, Carlos, do you ever go off your script because you're just kind of led somewhere because you're in that high vibe? Well, so I think uh, everybody's different. For me, it's it's uh, a lot of uh, off script because, or script, you know, off, you know, what I had already written because you just, yeah, I, I, comedy is not about me telling stuff at you. It's it's really should be good comedy should really be conversational almost and, and it's funny you'll see people shout out from the audience because they, they really think that they should they're compelled to say something you know that if anybody's listening that goes to comedy show that that's frowned upon so we we'd ask that you do not do that but <laughs> uh, but sometimes yeah sometimes people just kind of yell out and it's like okay well i wasn't they almost they, they almost feel like that person is talking directly to them and that um yeah, that that's the best kind of comedy. You know what I mean? It's it's just it feels um, natural. It feels like oh man, I know this person. You know what I mean? Like I can really relate to this person. It's um, but yeah, I mean as far as the health is concerned, um, 
I'm not sure, but I mean, I feel good when I when I laugh. So I mean, that oh. will definitely, uh, yeah, they, you know, is is healthy. You know, I'm I'm sure uh, feeling good never hurt anybody. Are, <laughs> but there are stories of people healing themselves by just watching nonstop funny movies. Oh yeah, yeah, because it's yeah. that high vibration. Then the healing can come in. You know, and I love how you said you like to go off script, right? Because when you're in that energy and you're connected, like when I do healing work, I may have an analytical idea of what this person might need, but you know what? It's always bypassed by what flows through. And I go with what flows through because it's coming from something outside of me that knows better, right? So I imagine you, when you start getting in your flow, you don't even know what's coming next. It's just coming through. And that's beautiful because that energy is just a really high vibration, no matter what you say. Yeah, I mean, that's what I try to capture the most because, like I said, that's where I feel the most comfortable because that's what I've been doing all my life is kind of just yes. learning out funny things. Like, it's, with, with almost hardly any thought, it's almost it's just kind of uh, <laughs> been quick, quick-minded. And so, like, that's something that, you know, again, it's trying to match – my funny to on stage, you know, it's really, and it's, you, you would think it's very like transferable, but it, it's just, there's just these different things. I mean, so to give you an example, like, and we talked about, um, we talked about bombing before and failing and trying things out. Um, there's a lot of factors that go into, um, com- comedic, uh, performances or, or live standup. Um, that you don't have in like a, other settings, you know, um, <clears throat> it's, it could be, um, the energy of the room. Like did people just get off of work? Uh, do they have drinks yet? Are they irritated? Did they were standing in line too long? Uh, like there's all these different things that if you really took it personally, every time you didn't do well, then you, you would never last. Right. And so you just got to keep in mind that all, there's a lot of things that, um, kind of contribute to this and sometimes you're going to have that perfect storm sometimes you're not um but you kind of take every experience with a grain of salt you know so that you can actually start to form your material so you don't say oh that nobody laughed and throw that away you might try it in a different context so you might try it a little bit differently and and because you know there's something there right and you kind of just mold it and mold it and that's why it takes so long it takes you know almost like i said uh, good good comedians for it to get ready for a special they take it a, a year of touring and clubbing or, uh, you know, hitting clubs and trying things out. I've, I've seen very famous comedians bomb an entire set. Like nobody laughed at all whatsoever, <laughs> which, uh, which actually made me feel better. I'm like, Hey, like that's, that, this is just a reality of what this is of, of this work, you know? So by the way, regarding, um, health issues, uh, I, I realized I probably should have provided some background there because maybe I have information that other people don't have. Um, my second year doing the podcast, my first permanent co-host was my sister-in-law, Yvonne, who is currently pursuing a PhD in the neurosciences. And she shared some uh, informational research uh, about research that she had done that basically showed they've done a lot of research on laughter and on humor and on um, the, the role that laughter and, and positive feeling and so forth play in healing. They, they actually have gotten to the point now where if if you actually have access to all of the equipment, it is conceivably possible to start with a laugh or a smile and measure that in the brain 
and then trace the entire path through the nervous system down to some portion of the body that needs healing and observe the healing effect that takes place moments after the laugh happens. So they can actually visualize the whole thing if, if you have all the right equipment in, the, in one place, which usually doesn't happen, but okay. no, a, a researcher could conceivably do that, which is fascinating. The other thing that she told me that was really interesting, they have been able to determine that if you are laughing or thinking about something really pleasant, you know, something that makes you feel really good, and and you focus on it continuously, kind of like kind of like what we talk about when we talk about um, holding a thought for 17 seconds or 68 seconds in order to create manifestation. Well, there's an actual physical manifestation that takes place if you hold that thought there and make it strong enough. Essentially, 90 seconds later they can actually detect the healing happening at the source of the injury or the illness or whatever it is. It's a 90-second time frame there. And simultaneously, the way that, that plays, part of the way that plays out is the nervous system, um, it works uh, primarily off of um, neurotransmitters, and these neurotransmitters create these little you know, neuroreceptors in the nervous system. More of them get opened up when you're feeling good, when you're laughing. But if you're feeling down, if you're feeling depressed, it goes in exactly the opposite direction. They all start shutting down. So literally, laughter right. becomes a not only a healing mechanism, it produces, it produces life. Whereas when you're feeling down or you're, you're sad or depressed or angry or whatever, it's actually sending signals through the body that says, start killing off the body. Now, obviously, it doesn't get far enough to actually kill you off. But nevertheless, that's, right. that's what the process is actually doing. So laughter is life-giving. It's truly a life-giving thing, and, and medical science has been able to prove it. Very cool. I, I didn't know any of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's very interesting stuff. Um, let's go back to the title for a second here, because the title is Laughing Your Way to Your Dreams. And, it, I mean, Linda, you, you pointed out that a number of people have used laughter to overcome uh, you know, dread diseases and so forth. I think Probably the most famous one is back in the 1950s. Norman Cousins um, wrote about how he watched Marx Brothers movies and just used that as a way to, to beat cancer, which was a, a pretty cool thing. Uh, and there have been other wow. stories since then. But it also applies to other areas in, of our life. And, and I think this is where I want to bring Linda in because it's about getting into that high vibration place. And just maybe can you talk about that for a minute, Linda? Like what, what, why is it so important to be in, in that high vibration place? And when you're there... How does laughter, in your opinion, from, from a, an energetic point of view, how does that contribute to the high vibration place? Well, it can take you, it, for me, it'll just bypass that programming that's going on in that subconscious mind. Now, I don't know if you notice, I keep muting myself because for some reason my dogs are going crazy and no one's here to <laughs> make them quiet. They were just howling. <laughs> okay. So I, I'll, I'll keep muting myself as that happens. That's all right. Um, but... I mean, you feel it, don't you? As soon as you start laughing for any reason, I mean, even a smile, even if you fake a smile, you can't help but actually have it become real because it just changes your energy. You know, like, so So I don't remember what you asked me because I was too concentrating on my dogs there. <laughs> but, <laughs> but laughing, um, well, I'll tell you this, I, you know, I went through a really hard year after my sister passed and just watching movies that uplifted me and especially things that made me laugh for no reason would just bring me out of where I was. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like yeah. the best medicine that there is. It's mm -hmm. just, it's, it's really healing because, because you know what? You, you silence that subconscious mind, that mind chatter, that negative 
talk. It can't exist when you're laughing. It's just there's no place for it. It's like how the energy of fear and love cannot exist at the same time. Right. Yeah, they that can't. is important. That's funny. You don't even have to make someone laugh for them to feel that. Um, just the attempt sometimes works. And I tell you, I didn't know this until, you know, again, just going through the trial and error of, you know, doing stand-up. Uh, I bombed. I just didn't. Wasn't, something wasn't right that night. And I kind of went through my set. And I didn't go like I, I wanted to go. But um, I, could, I got a compliment from somebody that said, um, you have very great energy. Like, it's, it's like, I, you know, you, you just command the, the space and it just, you have really good. And that's like, again, the, the last thing that worked, but for somebody to kind of come and, and kind of, uh, even say that. And that's, that's, that's the first out of a, a few times that that happened. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, no, I agree. It's like, I always like to, sh you know, my, I'm lucky that my smile is my default. So. There's, there's very little time where I won't smile. You know, even when I'm upset, it's just kind of a, you know, it's, it's a little different smile. But <laughs> you know um, what? Uh, you made me think of something. I know there have been times when maybe I was in a, I was mad at something, right? So you're in that energy. Now sometimes people like being in their mad energy. They just do <laughs> because uh, my husband or whoever it was was making me laugh, and I'm like. I don't want to laugh. I'm mad right now. You know, and I could not stay mad because he was making me laugh. I'm like, stop making me laugh because right now I'm really mad. You're going to make me forget why I'm mad. So that subconscious mind was trying to come in to make me stay there. But you know what? It couldn't because the laughter overruled it. And, mm. and that energy was going up to where the other one couldn't exist. Right. Yeah. And it just takes you right out of it. But you have to condition yourself. So that, that's a great point that you said that I, cause I've been there too in the past when like, um, this is a great example because everybody's kind of been through this, but like a breakup and it's just, and it, and it pains you to think about it, but you keep thinking about it because it's kind of like this, it's, it's, it's an addicting feeling almost to, to sit in this, um, kind of pain or, and it's not that it feels good. It's just, I don't know, there's something about it's, it that kind of draws us to stay it's more there. It's easier to go there. And we've been there so many times. It's kind of a comfortable energy, believe it right. or not. And well, so mm -hmm. you're in a comfort zone, even if you're uh, you're not really happy, right? <laughs> right. And, and so that's a, that's a huge thing that you just said there is you're in a comfort zone, even if you're not happy, right? That's, I mean, come on. Like how many times have we found ourselves in that, in that spot? Right. And so it's my, my, my point is to create a new comfort zone. And so I feel like that's why I really strive for positivity all the time. And, and it's funny because even sometimes, um, and I never saw this as a negative, but you know, I, I'm very open and, and aware and, and just in talking to people sometimes though, being really positive uh, mm -hmm. makes others think that you don't have problems or that you <laughs> yeah. are going through things, right? And I just say that I have to control what I can control, right? And so if there is something happening to me or if so I'm going through something and, it, and I'm very positive and it's not because I don't care, it's not because, it's because what's the alternative, right? I can either be in this high vibration or I can go sit down here. And sitting down here, like you said, is easy, right? And so 
uh, a lot of people like to go there, but I've kind of trained myself to, and not that I don't get upset or, but I get here and I don't stay there. I kind of, I, I do things again that I can control to get out of there as fast as possible. Right. And, um, I think that's important is to, to, oh to train yourself to, to get out of those situations because they will come. They always do come. It's life is up and down. Right. And so, um, the faster you can get out of that down, um, me- mentally, like, you know, mental wise and, and, and your thoughts, um, it's compounding, right? Like well, when it rains, just, it pours. So it's, it's, it don't stay in the storm too long. You know what I mean? <laughs> you, you just illustrated, we all have free will. We all have choice. You can choose to be miserable or you can choose to be happy, plain right. and simple. And you know what? It is simple, even though we make it feel so hard sometimes to get out of this lower vibration or this problem. But if you only look at that problem, you're never going to get out of it. You know, that's why we have this gift of imagination to have us put ourselves out in this other space where everything's really good. And why not get into that childlike, easy to do place of wonder and imagining this good. So for me, what I'm, the point I'm trying to get to is, okay, you can either be in the higher vibe or the lower vibe. There could be things happening in your physical reality, but we are spirit and we create everything in our existence. So we can choose to stay in a lower energy or we can choose to go into a higher vibe. And if you don't know how to do it, I have a program that teaches you how to do it, but if you don't know how to do it, you got to turn on the TV, get some com- comedian out there, some movie, some good, feel-good thing that can take you away with it. Like, you you can just go with it, right? Because that's what's happening when people come to your shows. They're there for the experience, and they're open, and they're going to let themselves go. Right. So, uh, and that's a choice, too, right? So, like, yeah. you know, when, I'm, when I was given that example of someone trying to make me laugh to get me out of being mad... Well, why would I really want to choose to stay mad? <laughs> but if I do, it's my choice. Mm. Nobody right. else's choice. I make myself miserable or I make myself happy. Mm. Right? No, that's very that's, true. Yeah. That's very cute. Because, yeah, I've, I've you know, been around people that uh, they just, they like to, yeah, they like to stay there. And, um, yeah, uh, to me, it's not, I can't fathom why, you know, but that's just my own you know, personal Thing. But yeah, you're, you're right. It's this, or a song, or a movie that you kind of go to, um, and then just like I said, controlling things you can control. Like when when life is is, is throwing you uh, challenges and stuff, you, you you can sit and worry about a lot of stuff, but you can't change a lot of it, right? And from, so from there. things like things like working out, things like exercise, things like eating right, you know, uh, tr- you know, treating your body with respect as far as what you put into it and um, what you get out of it and um, what you do, like what, what choice do you, are you going to sit in a dark room or are you going to walk outside for 30 minutes in the sun? You know, and those things, it's like, there's so many things, little things that you can control. Um, and when you start to take control of those things, you feel like you have more power. Now it's, it's things are happening to you necessarily there's just something that's maybe not to your liking that's happening right it's just, it, it takes you it helps to take you out of that uh that mentality well yeah because nothing's ever really happening to you unless you want right. to it just feels like it you want to be right. the it victim just... you can be the victim right but everything that happens in your life i've got bad stuff that's happened in my life i got some stuff going on right now but i know 
there's some part of it that is within me or would not be out there. So there's healing to be done with whatever circumstance shows itself to you. And uh, we can do it the hard way. We can do it the easy way. Very true. I choose the easy way. Confront it. Look at it. Let it go. Do something that lifts you up. Stay in that vibe because when you're in that vibe, then then you'll hear your, your spirit giving you the next step or the solution. It comes yeah. in. But you got to be in that high vibe to get it. Mm-hmm. And thank God we've got comedians that can help us get there <laughs> ourselves. Really, because really you're like healers, you know, Carlos, you're a healer. Mm-hmm. No, and I feel that. I was gonna. I was just gonna say earlier is that um, the way that I just found that I love this is again from being small, but even to uh, it's just the feeling has kind of grown exponentially on stage. Is I get fuel from others' laughter. So like oh, I, I almost I almost literally feel like I'm ta- I'm sucking energy out from you know other like that's how I keep myself in this you know high vibration all the time it's 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 kind of, yeah when someone laughs the the from something that I said from a thought that I had that wow that that really you know uh, had that effect on, to, to where somebody makes an audible sound that's uncontrollable I just <laughs> I just made this person do something. Basically, I just made this person have a reaction and that kind of, um, that energy that I get back from that. And again, on stage, uh, it's, it's, you know, amplified is, you know, keeps me going for, you know, through, through whatever, you know, that's, that's really what feeds me. So, so I totally relate to that because for me, when I'm, when I'm channeling healing, I'm high that energy and that's that energy that's fueling you. That's coming through you to those people, allowing them to release, allowing them to release it. So you're not sucking anything out. You're actually putting in the light and they're able to release that darker energy. Yeah. Yeah. Just by the words that you're saying and the energy that you're putting, because it's not, it's more than your words. Everything's always more than the words. It's the vibration, but you're channeling that vibration right there to the whole entire room and i would go on to say even past the room you don't even know where it's going it's going out into the universe yeah yeah hey we have that (laughs) you're going going out past your room from the stage to energy will just keep going right especially the good energy right yeah pretty powerful Hey, we got a, a couple comments I wanted to share from um, our listeners. First of all, Jeffrey said, "I can feel my vibration rising right now from all of this, part- from all of us participating and co-creating." He says, "I'm going to go do some physical comedy right afterwards." So good for you, Jeffrey. <laughs> nice. And Nasha says, uh, "Laughter has healed me a lot. Laughter is the biggest source of my survival, to be honest." And she goes right. on to say, "Happiness um, needs." change and that's why it's difficult we have to come out of the comfort zone in order to come out of the depression loneliness etc most of the time when we're down and upset we are in the comfort zone so exactly what you guys were talking about a moment ago yeah yeah um yeah the comfort zone could be a scary place it is Uh, and it can come out of nowhere i think that's where um a lot of people kind of find themselves where i find myself you know you you do the things you're supposed to do you go to college you go you get to the career whatever and then the Monday, and then you can't, and you're waiting for Friday, and then the weekend comes and goes, and then you wait for the next Friday, and it's kind of like, you know, revolving circle, and then you look up, and it's like, wait, what? Am I, am I even living? Like, I, 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 it was hard, very hard for me yeah. when I was 
uh, doing corporate work to live in the now, live in the in the present. I was always um, thinking about something else, thinking about a business I could create, thinking about jokes or this or that. You know, it's 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 very hard to sit in. Uh, but that was, that's a comfort zone, right? It's like, hey, this makes money. I know where I'm supposed to be at, at all times. Uh, you know, I know I'm gonna get a paycheck. This is all things things that are um, very comfortable. So a lot of yeah, a lot of people sit in there, and and that's I mean again, they teach their own. And but for me, it was just there was no way that 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 was gonna you know be able to continue to be a possibility for me. So it's you know now yeah, is uh, is comedy more hustling and more um, kind of going after and getting your own uh, you know uh, opportunities? Yeah, but that means that I have to be in the now. I can't think about next week. I was like, what do I have to do today in order to bring me forward to progress? And and the, those little micro, uh, that micro focus for me, uh, you know, and I do think about what I might want to manifest, but I don't like to, you know, um, think a lot about the in-between or the how, because a lot of people get stuck in the how, and if you get stuck in the how, you'll never manifest because you don't know the how. The how could be complete, a huge a, a route that you never even thought of before that you'll you'll later find out. Oh wow, look! And in hindsight, oh look at all these things that you know kind of match together to to put me here. But if you think, oh, I want a uh, I want a house, uh, and you don't have a job, it's like, well, don't let that stop you from man. Oh, I don't have a job. I have a that's already you're already limiting yourself, right? And so. I like to think of the destination and then I really like to think of today and, and what do I want, what am I doing today to, because, uh, energy manifesting is one thing, but then, uh, it's not necessarily a direct manifestation. It's not like I'll have a house and then tomorrow I get a call that I want a house, right? It's, it might, you, I might get an opportunity that I need to be able to recognize and through that it's, it's leading me in the path to what I'm trying to manifest, right? And so, uh, yeah. You know what? There's two <laughs> things that all of that brought up for me. Uh, number one, and I don't know, remember if this is one of my stories in the, in your book, um, Walt or not, but when I was manifesting the house that I'm living in now, and there was like struggle with being outbid and this and that, and one deal falling through and you know, all of this stuff. But when I locked on to this particular house, um, I would actually sit with the listing and all the pictures of all the rooms and have a cup of like nice tea or something. And I would be living in that house. Mm. Yeah, I still didn't have it. I still didn't close the deal. They were still going back and forth with all this other stuff and possibilities of how I wasn't going to get this house. It wasn't looking good. So I would just be in it. I mean, I was holding parties. I was, <laughs> it's got, it's on two acres. I was having these outdoor barbecues. Uh, I was just, I was redecorating, I was painting, I was doing everything. I was already living in the house right. where I was living at that time. And then I got this house against all odds. Right. But it's because, and I'm sure you were doing this with your Neville Goddard thing, uh, Walt. It's because that it was, you know, actually being there mm. and feeling the result of that. Right. And that's what brought it to me because that's what it's all about. But I wanted to talk about you know, when your energy dips sometimes, like I had, I had like two days of misery during this past week mm. and yeah, while I'm going through it, I'm like, cause you know, okay. A lot of what I do too is awakening coaching because 
the vibration of the whole planet, everything's changing. That's why people are changing careers. They're wanting to follow their heart and follow their purpose because there's this whole big spiritual awakening going on and people are opening up more to the spiritual side of things and realizing that they're much more than this little package that they live in and uh, that their life is not dictated by everything outside of them telling them you must be a lawyer. You know, you have family that makes you go a certain route or who knows what it is, right? So a lot of people are kind of waking up, realizing they're more than just this physical body and all of this stuff that is all made out of energy. And so the planet is literally changing its frequency so fast that we're trying to keep up in our little human bodies. And we're purging energy that doesn't serve us. You've got help in spirit helping you do all this. You're being downloaded with new ways of being that you're like stepping into because you've got guides and angels helping you. Some people might think I'm crazy, but this is what I live and what I know. And I, I'm telling you, I had like two days where I'm like, who is this person? I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go with it. <laughs> you know, like my, my normal routines or, or tricks weren't exactly helping. So I realized, okay, this is something I just got to feel this. I just got to be right. with it. it is, it'll pass. And the more I didn't fight it the easier it was for it to release. And I just was being grateful. I'm like, okay, I'm grateful for this energy that is leaving my system because mm -hmm. it feels really heavy. And I'm happy to, yeah. to let it go. I'm not going to hold on to it and fight the feeling. I just stayed with it. Um, and then, uh, you, know, you know, things like watching. Actually, for me, I'll put the Hallmark Channel on <laughs> or something like that and get into a higher vibration from, from that. Or comedy something really funny or even the walking dead okay i love that show um it'll just bring you out of it well that's all about compassion that show you know so yeah uh, yeah it's, it's funny that um you know comedians for the most you know they they project all this laughter and or they bring out this dark energy like you, you said and, and allow people to release it but if you and this isn't my story particularly i'm very unique in this way um, I think who else said something similar? Maybe it was Conan O'Brien or something like that. But um, a lot of com comedians come, uh, comedy comes from a lot of pain, their own personal pain. And, um, you know, I, again, I didn't have a whole lot of adversity um, and pain or anything like that growing up. Um, but I would have to say like 95% of comedians, yeah, that's that's their story. And so... Um, that's a huge power to be able to turn something. Um, and these are the, these are the, when I say pain, like these are some of the most negative things to ever happen to people and to be able to go on stage and be vulnerable and, and to tell people about it and not only tell people about, it, but, but turn that dark energy into light energy right there is to me. I mean, that's, uh, you know, that guy's a sorcerer, right? <laughs> it's a wizard. That explains life purpose because they came here. We come here with a plan before we get right. here. We, we just forget about it. They live those horrible things mm -hmm. just so that they can go on and help other people to release it too, right? To, to, right? to find the flip side of it. Now, I'm one of those people like you. I haven't had terrible things happen in my life. But yet somehow I've come to this. I'm able to help other people overcome things that might have been you know, like really horrible for them. Um, right. You don't have to have lived it to be able to be that channel for it. But that just shows how, yeah, 
moving into this higher vibration is healing. Yeah. No matter no, how it comes through, whether it comes through as a comedian or comes through as an energy healer, you know, you're still tapping yeah. into that same energy and it's channeling yeah. through you. It's funny. And, and also like a comedians for the most part, uh, after having done it for a long time, it's like any job, you, you know, you don't go, if you work at, uh, McDonald's, you, you eat McDonald's a lot for the first year and then you kind of, you're sick of it. Right. And so, um, I find that a lot of uh, comedians don't get their healing from comedy. <laughs> they, you know, they, they'll go to a show and they're not necessarily laughing out loud. It's not because they don't like the show or they don't like who's performing. It's that, you know, it's almost like a watered down medicine, right? They kind of got, um, um, you know, they'll, they'll kind of, oh, that's a, that's a smart idea. That's a good joke. But they look at it a little bit differently maybe than, than us. I mean, than, than non-comedians, but, for me, I get a lot of healing and good vibrations through music. Um, that's something that I, you know, am into daily. And I even have a certain song that's like, this is my feel good song. You know, it's just, it's me going and I do that before an interview or an audition or something like that. And yeah, um, for me, music is like the soundtrack to my life. So it really, my mood determines, because I like all types of different music. So. You know, I'll I'll be in uh, you know a mood to be listening to R and B, maybe I feel romantic or loving or something, or or maybe I'm ready to go and I just need some good energy, so I'm gonna listen to you know some up tempo hip hop or so. It really like I use music a lot to um, kind of amplify whatever it is that I'm wanting to feel or what I am already feeling, and so that I can. Yeah, so I can kind of get the most out of it, I guess. Yeah. Hey, Carlos, uh, Jeffrey has a question for you. He says, what makes Carlos sure. laugh hard? What makes you laugh hard? Oh, for me, uh, physical comedy. So I, I love, like, Chris Farley, for example, you know, rest in peace. He's, he's, one of, he's my hero, my favorite comedian of all time. And just his ability to, like, just he, – he is funny, right? He's not acting funny. He's mm. not saying funny things necessarily. He's just – this this person is just and when he walks into a room he's funny. I, I was at the at the Groundings Theater, uh, is where I study improv, and there's this uh, uh, guy who was in my class, and he was the same way. I mean, this guy as soon as he didn't even have to open his mouth, he's just he makes some kind of face or something right before he's gonna say it, and everybody says it's just it's just that essence. It's like you say, sometimes it's not even about the words; it's about the vibration. Um, people like that give me Kevin Hart. So very, just that gets me. That gets me going. That makes me laugh pretty hard. He, he actually did a follow up. He says, "What what what makes you pass something through your nose?" Which sounds kind of disgusting, actually. But I understand what he's talking about. Which means you you, you you're in the middle of drinking something, and then then the comedian catches you by surprise. <laughs> <laughs> um. I don't. I, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I really like. For, I mean, for something to be really extremely. I like when people make their uh, call things their own. You know, they have their own words or their own phrases for things. And uh, I don't know if I can, I'm explaining this correctly. Um, yeah, just to kind of when I see people's brains work when it's like they they uh, describe something in a very unique way that. Um, yeah, that's that's to me. I like smart, very smart comedy. Like 
And I, I really enjoyed George Carlin back in the day also. Oh, he was great. Um, who's, yeah, who is just amazing when, when you can just see the intellect coming out of this person, you know, uh, in such a funny way. It's just, yeah, that to me is, is, uh, he was an example of somebody who connected with the audience because when he, if you just listen to what his jokes were, his jokes were like, eh, they're okay. But it was the way he delivered them. It was the way he talked to you as he was, as he was sharing them. It was not, like you said, it wasn't, right. he wasn't, he wasn't just sending them to you. He was, he was communicating right. directly with you. And that's what made it funny. I was fortunate enough to see him one time when he came, I was in school at the time in Buffalo, New York, and he came uh, yeah. to Buffalo to, to uh, do his routine. And even though, I mean, we were in this big, big auditorium, we were way, way in the back. I mean, he was like this little tiny, you know, hmm. uh, portrait on, on the stage standing about an inch tall. You know, that's how far away he was. But you felt like he was one, one row away from you because of the way he would talk to you. Right. You know what? I saw Robin Williams once when it was like when he was Mork, you know, back oh, then. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, you know, kind of new to all of that. But I happened to see, I was at a comedy place in New York and he just happened to come in and they, they let him go on stage or I don't know if it was, I don't think it was planned. Um, and he was just picking on things from the people in the audience like one after the other, um, and it was just like he was so quick with finding something that was funny about whoever it was he happened to look at. Yeah, I think that, a, that was like wow. That I, I love that, and that's that's a lot of what I do on stage also. Um, but yeah, I guess that's why I like I like it. It's kind of selfish. <laughs> it's good though. You know who I really like too? Um, I don't know if you guys know him. Well, Carlos, you probably do. Eddie Izzard. Yeah. 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 He cracks me up, you know, the way he the way he puts his comedy out and plays like two stories and yeah. There's a there's a, a Netflix special out right now called Bumping Mics. It's very similar to that, Linda, where uh it's actually two comedians, Dave Vattel and uh Jeff Ross, who started off kind of uh, Dave Vattel would have a one AM set in New York and when Jeff Ross would fly into town he'd come in at midnight go to the comedy store, I don't know, go to the uh, comedy cellar and just see who's around, you know, see what comedians are there. And they started just kind of going on stage together and just riffing off of each other. And it became this huge, huge show where, like, this is a, this only, and, and again, I, I, I mentioned that comedians don't necessarily like to go to comedy shows when they're not, you know, but this is a, a show that comedians were flocking to. And that's just because What's it's so... Really, it's called, uh, bump, bumping mics. Bumping mics, yeah. And it's just, right, it's just really off the top. These two are the quickest guys in, in comedy, uh, right now. So if you like that, you'd probably really like, uh, mm-hmm. this. It's, and it, and it gives you that feel of being in a comedy club, you know. That's, uh, there's nothing better than that. I, I like, uh, watching, you know, comedy in big theaters and stuff, but there, to me, it, it gets, it's a different, it's a completely different, you know, experience. Yeah. You know? One of my favorite things is when a, a good comedian, and, and Linda, you mentioned Robin Williams, he was really good at this, um, would take an object that was just in the audience. Uh, the, probably the most famous one was where um, he took somebody's Donna Karen scarf and used that scarf to do like four or five things in a row. And I'm, I was curious, right. uh, Carlos, is that something that you've ever enjoyed doing, That you know, just finding something that's in the audience and, and just taking it and seeing what you can create with it on the spot? No, so like for me, that's like very Steve Martin. That's very uh, yeah. Robin Williams. Right. That's 
that's kind of, I haven't yet like that's kind of or that's too past my to, to me that'd be uh, unless I mean I haven't done it yet but just the same way that I look into the audience and think of something funny I, I I'm sure that if the right object were to appear I'd know exactly what to do with it you mm-hmm. know what I mean like that's uh so not not necessarily not yet uh, but yeah I, I don't do more I don't do really that much physical comedy. Uh, mine's more, um, yeah, just kind of riffing with the audience in Cause between. Because it strikes know, me that's where you really seat. have to. You, you talked about how you kind of cross the line and, you, and you're experimenting. You're, that's where you're like out on the edge of experimentation. And you're on the cutting edge at that point because you get it wrong and the, the audience is just kind of staring at you. But you get it right, it, it could really work. So it's really I can see that would be like one of the, the toughest things you can do because you can't you can't prepare for it. How do you prepare for somebody having a Donna Karen scarf? You know. No, but you, but you, what you can do, again, um, just kind of focusing on the, what you can control. Um, comedy is something, like I said, all those factors that you can't control. There's more than you can't than the ones that you can. So mm. really just focusing on um, what you can control what, is what, what, your energy and um, your enthusiasm, right? So mm. if you take that scarf and you go 100%, they'll laugh just, just because they're grateful that you made the effort, you know, mm. like, if you go and you're unsure of yourself, you're like, oh, maybe. Like, the audience wants to be there with you. They want, they want to give you the benefit of the doubt. So, um, that's yeah, gotta I be. Mean, if you, you'll, you'll get what you give, you know? That's Just gotta like be, anything. that's gotta be comforting. It's gotta, it's gotta be like a security blanket almost to know that the audience wants to be made to laugh. So they're, they're like, they're waiting for you. Like, I, I know you can do this. Come on. I'm ready. I'm ready to start laughing. <laughs> I'll tell you, that's what, something I learned very early is, is the first joke, you should, it should be strong because mm. it gives the audience permission to laugh. Because mm. at first, especially when you're unknown, this doesn't happen with known comics. So this is, I'm going to make that distinction. But when you're relatively, relatively unknown, they don't know if you're funny. So mm-hmm. they're kind of almost more worried than you are up there. For <laughs> you. They're worried for you. They're not worried. Right, right, it, right. it really is. They're like, oh, I, I it's it's because they are projecting their fear of um, public speaking, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh my goodness! Especially like if it takes a while for them to, they're sitting nervously for you, right? So if you if you kind of break that ice and get them to laugh, like, oh okay, we can relax. Like this is gonna be fine, right? So do, you, do you ever use that? Do you ever use that example as your comedy for the group? You know, I know some of you guys are really nervous. I might not be funny. Yeah, so I, uh, I, st- one of my intro jokes is something about, cause they clap for you right before, you know, when you come up. Mm-hmm. And so I say, oh, you know, that's, that's really nice. Uh, I love comedy because, uh, one of the only places to clap for you before you, you work, right? So you kind of gave me the benefit of the doubt. I could be really bad. I could, I could be not funny. Um, but I already kind of got what I came for. Mm. And then I say, uh, this is what waiters must feel like when they get a party of eight or more. You know? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, that, that's the best is when you kind of can, uh, when you pick out exactly what's going on in the room, people love that. It's like, it's, it's, it's a natural point that everybody knows and can laugh at. So, uh, yeah. By the way, uh, Jeffrey was uh, commenting he, when you were talking. You went on that that one uh, spree there. You were sharing quite a few thoughts in a row. He was saying, "Look at Carla's smile, lighting it right up." So you, you, <laughs> your your approach really works. In fact, I think I think he was the one who said, oh, "I'm not sure if I'm going to spot it right here." 
I think he was the one who said that he wanted to uh, to steal your line about uh, always smiling. I don't remember what the exact line was, but uh, that that you, you tried to make it's it a point. By default, maybe. Yes. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Smiling by default. Yeah. Yeah. That was the one. Yeah. No. It's 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 funny. Uh, I would work nights in a factory. I was when I, when I started at Amazon. I was a manager of a warehouse, and I work overnight. So I was like. 3 a.m. and I'm just sitting there with a huge smile on my face, walking down. And people are just wondering, like, what's going on? Like, why, how, why is this person so? And and they would ask me. They're like, oh, why are you so happy? And I didn't know what they're talking about. I have no idea. Like, I, <laughs> I mean, I I don't feel like particularly happy right now. I'm just living my life. But that's just kind of how if you if actually if you don't see me with a smile, that's when you know there's something something, something really wrong. wrong. I mean, they're yeah. really hungry, you know, or or extremely stressed. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. laughter, is, laughter is contagious, just like a smile is contagious, just like a yawn is contagious. I mean, did you ever have see someone cracking up and they can't even tell you what was funny and now you're cracking up and you have no yeah. idea why? Yeah, like even in the theater, if someone starts, it's like it gives everybody the permission to let go. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think that that's the biggest thing. That's yeah, it's just... A, a lot of people have that, you know, I, I talk about trying to let go of my ego, but a lot of people have that ego too. It's like, they might even think something's funny and they're like, they kind of do this, you know, thing where they look around and see if anybody else is laughing. But yeah, it, it's true. It's, it's kind of, we are like a, you know, we are a group uh, species, right? And that we kind of like to, for the most part, we like to kind of be with the group. So absolutely. Right. Well, this is one of those rare occasions where I was enjoying it so much I, I lost track of time, and we're actually a few minutes over, so I, I think we kind of draw it to a close. But this has been great, and thank you for sharing. Carlos, to you especially, thank you for sharing your insights about uh, the, yeah. you know, the nature of laughter and how we can use it best in our lives. That, that's a great thing. And uh, Linda, Carlos, we'll uh, be talking to you in a week. Yep. All right. And all right. We'll, have a good weekend, guys. Have a great weekend, absolutely. And we'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. 